Hello and welcome to the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast with your host, Charles Cantu, founder and CEO of Reset Digital. I'm Mike Burbridge, Director of Marketing Futures and the producer of this program. This year marks the 125-year anniversary of the Hershey Company, founded by Milton Hershey, a serial entrepreneur with a dream of democratizing chocolate for everybody. We spoke with Charlie Chappell, head of integrated media for Hershey, about the brand's digital transformation journey. Charlie shared some innovative new activations that have been working for Hershey, and the social mission that makes the brand so much more than a candy. Let's go. So Charlie, tell us a little bit about your role at Hershey and, and what's going on over there. No, glad to do it. So, um, so yeah, I'm Charlie, and my role is leading um, media for the Hershey Company. So that's all media, paid, traditional, digital, kind of the whole thing. It all follows in mm-hmm, under one mm-hmm. group, which works out well because it gives us the flexibility of where we need to move our media dollars. When we sure. have those options, it's like... I can go from social to print to radio to digital to whatever. Yep. It kind of all encompasses in under that. Um, we've got about uh, 15 brands uh, under the Hershey Company mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S. that we run media on at any one time. Uh, so it makes it really interesting, you know. And we're uh, we're located in Hershey, Pennsylvania, right at the corner of Chocolate and Cocoa Avenues. You know, That's you right. can <laughs> see the park from the offices. So mm-hmm. I, we uh, we're now in our offices are in the uh, the original chocolate factory that Milton Hershey built. Oh, um, yeah. It's not a factory anymore. They refurbished it. So I always joke, I'm Charlie and I work in a chocolate factory. So. <laughs> I, do, I love that. I it's love pretty that. fun. Yeah. It's pretty fun. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And what's, so we talked a little bit about this, but I want, I want the listeners to be able to hear it. So the way this all came about was Sherry it was at the AFM committee that I was yeah. speaking at. And um, my family and I had been to the, to the park yeah. and, and the lodge, and we had an amazing experience. So kudos to you guys and what you do there. Um, and we said, I said something like, you know, we'll work for park tickets yeah. or something like that. And we, we goofed around. Um, but then she told me the story um, about Hershey Park and how it's affiliated with the trust and what it does for kids. And there's this, this whole social good thing yeah. that I don't think people know. No. And I was moved by and, and went to like goosebumps. So, you know, I would love you to tell mm-hmm. the, the community a little bit about, you know, what, you're, what you guys do there and, and how it came about. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. Our founder, Milton Hershey, um, was a serial entrepreneur with a social purpose, which is kind of really in these days. But this was yeah. 125 years ago. This is our 125th anniversary. The Hershey Chocolate Company was the fourth company he ever started. His third was successful. His first two weren't. He sold the third one and started this. And when he did it, he built it in central Pennsylvania because he had ready access to milk from all the dairy cows and everything. And he wanted to democratize chocolate. At that time, chocolate was a luxury good. Mm -hmm. And so he did a lot of work and figured out how to make a chocolate bar that you could ship across the country for five cents so that everybody could enjoy it. And that, you know, has sort of become the chocolate bar we know today. He and his wife, unfortunately, couldn't have kids. And so what they did is they created a school for orphan boys Mm -hmm. um, that they started a number of years ago. Um, Unfortunately, his wife died fairly young. And without telling anybody, he put all that he owned into a trust that was put in place to fund the school. 
And what started as that is now a school of roughly 2,000 kids, uh, all from underprivileged backgrounds who go to the school for free, anywhere from kindergarten to, um, to high school. And it's located right in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And the trust still exists, and the trust is uh, the largest shareholder of the Hershey Company. So it's a very interesting relationship, especially with the company still there and the school still there. It still gives us a sense of purpose to this day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, what I love about it is it's serving an underprivileged community. Um, you had mentioned you know, the socioeconomic backgrounds where these kids are coming from. So you guys yeah. are doing, you know, something very special. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that that word got out there. Thank um, you. So um, maybe tell me, now, now get to the media stuff and all the fun stuff that, well, I'm a nerd, so I love this stuff. Um, talk to a little bit about digital transformation. You're yeah. doing those kinds of things. And, and um, it looks like you've had a uh, great success with it. So maybe tell us a little about uh, what you guys are doing and how you see the world. It's interesting, like working at Hershey and being in the confection category, because one of the things for us is the household penetration of the confection category is mm-hmm. very high. In fact, technically, it's 1% higher than toilet paper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's like as a media person, you're applying media principles. We got 15 brands. You kind of need to reach everybody. Yeah. And you need to reach them 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Easter season, the holiday season, the Halloween season, those are big peaks for us. Mm-hmm. We call Halloween our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So from a media standpoint, you need, we're like mass reach is what we need. Yeah. And the Hershey Company had a lot of success doing that, especially using linear TV, you know, sure. when it dominated. And we mm-hmm. sort of had that mastered from a TV standpoint mm-hmm. and from a creative standpoint and rode that to some great success. We all know what's happening in the landscape today where mm-hmm. ratings for linear TV are going down, the mm-hmm. prices are going up. And so it caused us to have to go through this digital transformation, but we wanted to take a smart approach to it, not just declare, oh, we have to move into digital and move this, but take a measured approach. So it really started with just developing and working off of standard principles about you know, media. Where is our consumer? What are they watching? Mm-hmm. And starting to move into some of those channels, figuring out which ones worked for us, which ones didn't. Mm-hmm. And really today, we just have to continue to do that because the consumer keeps changing of where sure. they are. Sure. So we kind of follow it from that standpoint. Tell me about how you see the next five years of that journey. So as things are continuing to change, you know, do you have any insights into or what you guys believe as a philosophy is happening over the next five years? Yeah, I, I think that the, the basic foundational principles of good mass reach marketing aren't going to change, but Mm -hmm. it's that the tactics to do it are going to change. Mm -hmm. We're still going to need to reach a lot of people. So it's still important that as we get more sophisticated in our targeting and move away from like adults 18 to 49, um, that we're still reaching a whole lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny, you know, partnering with our brands as they go on this journey. I remember one time talking with a brand about they were going to bring their target to Facebook. And it's like, okay, what's your target? And they said, adults 18 to 49, which was their TV buying demo. And I looked at them and I said, you do realize then on Facebook, (laughs) nobody over 50 is going to see your ad. And it kind of hit them. And they're like, wait a minute, I sell a lot of my product to people over 50. So it's like, oh, I, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I can't just take this over. I have to think about that a little bit more. So we do a lot more work about understanding how to reach our consumers via targeting, but not getting it so narrow Mm -hmm. um, that we miss. I think a lot of marketers, say, five years ago, got really into the targeting piece 
mm-hmm. who were still mass marketers and they got too narrow. Yep. And all of a sudden they wondered why their sales were you know, dropped. It's like, well, nobody's seeing your ads because you're getting too targeted in that. Yep. So that's a real piece of it. I think within that space, this whole idea of, we talk a lot about identity, uh, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, okay, well, how are you buying your targeting? Is it mm-hmm. off of third-party cookies? Can you really trust those cookies? That's I mean, right. we don't necessarily, for us, is like we don't sell direct to the consumer. We don't have a lot of people coming to our web pages and things like that, so it's not mm-hmm. like we're sitting on a treasure trove of first-party data. But that's not an excuse for us, so we're figuring out, okay, how do we go tackle that? Sure. Um, so that as we're going into all the different media platforms and digital platforms that are out there, we're making sure that in the end as it all stitches together mm-hmm. that we're getting that broad reach we need without having too much frequency in one particular channel or another. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I'm just randomly going to ask this question. Go for it. It's literally um, in talking about that. Any any purview on gaming and esports and are you guys touching any of that? What, yeah. are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we are. Um, And and I'll tell you, it really started from a basic media principle of how do you reach guys under the age of 30, you know, and where are they? And that's sort of what popped. That's where gaming and esports popped in. So, -hmm. so yeah, so we buy media on Twitch. We actually ran an event at TwitchCon last uh, last fall. Nice. We were actually introducing uh, a new candy bar. It was a uh, Hershey's chocolate bar with Mm -hmm. Reese's Pieces in it. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the project name was actually called Mashup. And so it's like, ah, esports, gaming, that kind of works. So we really did, we really did this interesting thing where um, we launched it at TwitchCon before oh. it was ever available. And we did it like the week before TwitchCon. We got um, Ninja and Dr. Lupo to stream together. And they have, you know, their yep. backstory. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden it was like, what? They're going to stream together? And oh, it's brought to you by Hershey's. And mm-hmm. why is that? Because there's this new candy bar. And then, you know, and then at the event, we had them there for a meet and greet, like, which just the line was yeah. out the window. And mm-hmm. it was interesting because for us, I think some marketers get kind of scared about they're not sure how to enter the space right. and we're like okay are we going to be accepted and the community just accepted us with open arms which right. I mean honestly should we have been surprised mm-hmm. uh, probably not so that's been good and we've got I can't talk about it yet but we're going to have some more stuff coming up down the line oh, I can't in that particular space um, tell me a little bit about the Hershey's five C's and, yeah. and what that is and what that means yeah. uh, to you mm-hmm. and, and, and express that because I don't think a lot of people know. No, it's really, a, it, the five C's are really, um, they were developed by a colleague of mine, Doug Strayton, who leads mm-hmm. our digital commerce efforts. And yep. really it's about a d- digitization of the entire consumer experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and again, it's funny kind of for us is, um, I worked at P&G before this, and uh-huh. I was there when like e-commerce started to take off. Yep. And it was interesting coming to Hershey because, okay, now I'm in this other category, and chocolate in particular, e-commerce hadn't taken off because, for one thing, it's like an impulse purchase, which doesn't lend itself as much to e-commerce. But then also, the product melts. Now, you know, in the dead of winter, that's not so much of a problem, but you got to be careful if you ship. So yep. it's taken a little longer to develop. So it re- this, but this was really about saying the digital commerce is really reshaping everything and how things are bought. So mm-hmm. it's like, so the C's are about, you know, you still got to understand the consumer and where they're at. You mm-hmm. still have to have the right content. Mm-hmm. You have to make connections when you do that and build this whole thing out so that our marketers start to think about the entire ecosystem that mm-hmm. 
experiencing the product online, they may not go by there, they may go by in the store at the same time, so that's there. So it's really been an organizing framework for the entire company to get behind how this all works, and then media is just a big part of it. It's the connections piece sure. at the end of the sure. day. I love it, I love it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people on the show talk about you know what, what they do, what works, and all that kind of stuff. I, sometimes I think we're remiss in not sharing things that haven't worked or experiments yeah. that haven't worked and, and what you learned from that. Can you share maybe something like that with the audience? Yeah, you know, it's funny because you're right. It, that's one of my things is like when people go out and talk, they always talk about the things that really worked. And right, it's like right. you never hear the stories about what didn't. Um, I'd say one in particular was about we were trying to do this. Um, we were trying to do a pretty sophisticated media buy around one of our seasons mm -hmm. to do this thing where it was like, okay, can we figure out which stores are selling really well for the Easter candy and which ones aren't, mm -hmm. and maybe you know run some media around the stores where they're not. And it was interesting because we tried the whole experiment and it failed, but we learned so much out of it. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing we learned was we started on it too late. Like the idea came up, it was like towards the beginning of the season, hey, let's go try this thing. And we didn't have enough time to get ready to make it happen. Sure. But the bigger thing that we learned about it is like getting the data through our ecosystem to be able to go activate this sure. thing. We weren't set up to be able to do that. Oh, you know, you talk about a digital transformation of the company and you mm -hmm. think it would be something this simple. And so when we went and actually ran it, we couldn't deliver the media that we needed to where it needed to be mm -hmm. uh, for that particular season. And, and it was interesting because... The team was a little, you know, they were kind of upset. They were not upset, but, you know, uh, demotivated because it didn't sure. work. And it's like, wait a minute. we Okay, well, we know what went wrong. Let's see if we can fix it. Mm -hmm. So then when our next season came up, Halloween, it was like we got started early enough. We mm -hmm. knew what to go ask for. So it's been a real lesson not only for our team but overall mm -hmm. that actually we need more failures. Yep. Um, I've gotten to the point now Sound where like the team... Engineer. I know. <laughs> well, I, that I was that. My, my undergrad was an engineer. So. Um, we've gotten to the point now where like if, if we're not doing enough things that aren't working uh, mm -hmm. the first time out, we're probably not pushing the envelope a little bit. But we don't call things test and learns anymore. We call them doing pivots. It's a bit of a, you know, and it gets to this mindset of, I'm gonna you know, that. Yeah, no, no problem. It's like test is, oh, we have to spend all this time setting up the test and debating and thinking yeah. about it. And it's like, guys, okay, develop a hypothesis. You know, there's the engineer. Develop the mm -hmm. hypothesis, mm -hmm. put it in the market, but read, you know, for us, it's the sales. And mm -hmm. look, we're not a closed loop. We're not like a DTC where it's like, right. how many people downloaded our app? How many people bought from our website? Right. But we can watch re weekly retail sales. Yep. So, you know, and, and the whole point is, is go do it, get in the market, but read it really fast. And if it's not working after four or five weeks, stop or pivot, you know, yep. go on and do the next thing. You haven't spent that much money. You haven't wasted, you right. know, it's not like buying a Super Bowl ad and it bombs, you know, mm -hmm. you, it's hard to recover from that because you just blew a whole bunch of money. So that's sort of the mindset we've tried to develop as a team and with our brands. And, it, and it's interesting because it's a different muscle you have Absolutely. to do because you're used to well, by the time I launch, I got to be certain it's all right. Right. And we're saying, no, it's fine. Get you know, get into market. Get into market. Get into market. Let's try this thing out because we need to find out the new things that are going to work faster so that we can accelerate them. Yeah. yeah. I love that. We had a conversation with a big brand yesterday, CPG brand, and literally our conversation at Reset Digital with them and that team was. You know, this isn't a test. This yeah. is a commitment yeah. to figure it out and do it right. Um, and that 
that that usually goes over really well. So it was a it was a fun meeting. Yeah, so the, I love that you guys are thinking in that. Capacity. The old mindset of media is set and forget it is yep. you know gone. It's like don't you know? Oh, I don't know if this is going to work. That's fine. We're going to find out. And if it doesn't, right. we'll pivot, you know we'll switch. Absolutely. Because and that and, and you're also never done. That's right. That's it's like evolution. all right. Yeah. Oh, okay. We learned some. Oh, that that's a new question. Okay, let's go experiment that. That's Always right. going after to. You know, because the other thing I say all the time for my team is our goals are the same as the CEOs. We want to grow the sales of the company. Mm-hmm. We just happen to use media to do it. That's right. Um, if it's not working, we're responsible to say, hey, we should pull back. Mm-hmm. You know, versus, oh, we got a budget, let's protect the budget. So right. we really try to take that business owner mindset. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually leads to our next question, mm-hmm. which. Um, my producer actually wrote out, so I'm going to read this word for word so I get it right. So Michelle Buck, your president and CEO yeah. of Hershey's, uh, she made innovation top priority for the brand yeah. uh, in her very first days of the job. Um, how has that internal process been and what strategic and tactical steps are you taking? There's a lot of questions packed in here. So I'll, st- I'll pause there yeah. and then I'll go to the next. Okay. For us, it's two things for us. One is supporting the business. At, you think of innovation, you think of new products. And when mm-hmm. they do that, we're now working from a media standpoint of innovative ways to doing that versus just the traditional put it up in every store that you can and run mass media right away at high GRPs for as long as you can to build mm-hmm. up you know, the classic mm-hmm. model. Yeah. So there's time. Some innovations are big enough that they need some formula or that. But there's mm-hmm. also, we're starting to experiment with different ways of doing that, like launching a new product at TwitchCon. We'd never done that before. We had no idea if that was going to work from that standpoint. But then also just innovation in how we do media. Mm -hmm. And it's really, people will ask, well, how much of an innovation budget do you have? We do our innovation within the plan, is what we call it, Mm -hmm. versus having it. We had it a little bit set on the side for a while, but it wasn't really focused as tied to core business objectives now. Yeah. So by having it sort of, so every media plan has some innovation built into it. Some of the innovation wow. is very simple. You know, it's like, you know, when YouTube came out with six second, you know, bumpers, it's mm-hmm. like, let's go try it. Right. Let's go try it within the plan. So we see how it's all, and you know, and that's the whole mindset of, if it doesn't work, we'll get out of it. If that's it does, right. we scale it yep. and, and already build that in. So. I always tell my team we constantly have to be on the lookout for what are the new media platforms and opportunities that are coming out, assessing them, and determining if they make sense for us to include in what we're doing. So, so speaking of all of that, and you mentioned recently, so I'll be remiss because yeah. what I, I love this is the Christmas tree. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit mm-hmm. about the Christmas tree. Yeah. Like, what, what, what was that like yeah. from your side of the desk? Because as yeah. a consumer, like, it's just brilliant and I love it. Yeah. But, like, I don't really understand what Yeah, so I'll, I'll give everybody some background. So at every season, Reese's does what are called shapes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so right now there's the Reese's egg. The ads yep. are running. It's got the Marvin Gaye song. Mm-hmm. I'd sing, it's, you know. I start singing the song, you'll immediately hear about it. <laughs> so at Christmas time, we do trees. Now, the way they're made... Um, it doesn't look exactly like a tree. Mm-hmm. Like if you think you can mold candy to get exact shapes and patterns, but we don't do it. And that kind of gives it this unique kind of yep. feel to it and everything. 
And the honest truth of the day is if I had one and opened it up right here, you'd look at it. It looked like, you know, basically a turd. Yeah. It's about the best <laughs> way to put it, right? And, um, and we've known this, and it would come up every so while. But a couple years ago, for some reason, it just took off in social media. That's right. That's like, you just can't predict these things. And it's like, <laughs> right. well, this is nothing new, but... And it was taken off right after Thanksgiving. And it was interesting because our earned media team had to jump right on it. And mm -hmm. like at first, everyone's like, you know, it's the initial panic that sets in. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And then there's like, well, what do we do about it? And the, the creative team that worked on it came up with this brilliant idea. This was mm -hmm. a couple years ago when body shaming was really big. Mm -hmm. Zoo said, let's play this up from that angle and let's see if we can get our fans to come. So they created this iconic little still image that was our tree looking into like a picture of a real Christmas tree, mm -hmm. you know, basically, you know, it's, it's like, that's what I'm wishing I were. <laughs> and I, I forget the exact tagline. All trees are beautiful. That was the tagline. All yeah. trees are beautiful. And it just took off. And what was amazing is that the fans of the brand came to defend it. Oh, and so that. then the whole conversation turned, the tide, you know, just took off from that standpoint mm -hmm. and a ton of earned impressions. Mm -hmm. And that was a great example for the company as well to learn to embrace those moments. And right. so it's funny because you can't plan for them, but it means that you have to look for them and put some out. We, we had another one just last year, this last Halloween with mm -hmm. Reese's that took off. Um, it was called Candy Converter. Mm -hmm. And we built what looked like a vending machine, put it in a park here in New York. And the idea was... Um, bring the Halloween candy you don't want, and we'll give you Reese's. Oh, you know, it was like you put yeah. that, you put it in, <laughs> and out came you know Reese's. And you know, it's like you, the team that did that. You do those things. It's like, okay, this is cool. This is go. I mean, it went crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, this was billions of earned impressions. Mm -hmm, you know, not mm -hmm. hundreds of millions. So it just like took off. So you know, that's kind of the fun. And and we sit down sometimes and come up with some of these crazy, you know, these fun things that you can do with the brands and right. and see. Because it's candy. People like talking about candy. Absolutely. So it makes it a lot of As fun. As we sit here with big smiles on our face. Exactly. Um, so this is, I guess, also for my producer. Um, <laughs> what If someone's looking to score a lifetime supply of Reese's, how do they go about it? I think mean, he's looking for some kind of special <sighs> promotion, go. I suppose. You uh, <laughs> get a job working for the Hershey Company. There you go. And we have uh, candy bowls in every office uh, that get filled at least once a day mm -hmm. uh, with a variety of products. So, I mean, no one sits there and, like, you know, takes a lot. But, you know, like in the middle of the meeting, it's a, and it's okay. We've got, you know, we own icebreakers, which is gum, so you can pop yep. some gum in your mouth. So That's fantastic. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. I don't know, you know, lifetime, I guess you don't have, like, you know, there's no lifetime employment, but it's a pretty good gig. It's as close as you can get. And exactly. I bet you my mom, was, she, she heard about that when she was young. She would have definitely been all over that. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of questions that I always ask everybody. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about diversity and inclusion and, and you know, your philosophy, yeah. uh, Hershey's philosophy on that yeah. in the workplace today. It's become a big topic. Yeah. No, I think it's big. And, it, and it's super important to me. If you would see my team right now, you would see folks from different countries, different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. um, I think if I'm counting right, we're about half male, half female. Uh, from that standpoint. And, wow. and for me, it's really about, because um, I've been asked a little bit, of like, well, how did you do this? And I was like, honestly, it's like when we had positions on the team, it was about casting a wide net yep. and not looking at, um, you know, kind of expanding. You know, one thing, we're in a CPG and I'm in media. And as we were looking to advance our skills in media, I was like, I want to find some people who aren't from CPG, mm, but have yeah. media experience because... 
B2B marketers are going to know a lot more about email and search and these kind of things because they live and die by that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, I get somebody on the team whose experience is all from the ad tech space, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. And, and so that's what built it in. And it's great because, you know, the conversations that we can have with that diverse group of people in the room, once we built up, you know, this sense of uh, folks are comfortable about, it's funny because we have an environment in general, regardless of race or uh, ethnicity or, or gender, that we do challenge each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we have an environment, you come onto our team, it's like you got an idea, people are going to run questions at you. We have mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, from that standpoint. But we build up enough trust within that relationship that we can say, should we really do this? Not only from a business standpoint, but from a how do we think about it This and is this the right thing to do from that standpoint? And I think if you don't have a diverse group of people on your team who have different life experiences and different perspectives, you're going to have a blind spot. Yep. And as we've seen recently, that can have huge business implications from that right. standpoint. So um, it's a big deal for me. You know, I'm even like within the company, there may be someone who might have half an interest in, you know, in joining media at some point, and they may have no experience, but if they come with a different and distinct background and they're smart and they're passionate and they want to learn, I'm Mm -hmm. like, come on, we'll teach you how to do this Uh, from that standpoint, and it's worked for us so far. I love that. If I wasn't a successful entrepreneur, I would be all over it. It sounds fantastic. That's like, I love that stuff. So, favorite album of all time and why? I'm going to go back. Um, Probably Police, Synchronicity, um, because it was such a different sound coming Mm -hmm. on. And and it sort of, it kind of fits me. I like people, you know, people who kind of challenge the norms. It's not so much as a challenge the norm, but it brought a different perspective Mm -hmm. uh, kind of music. But so simple because it was just three of them. But like when you listen to the music, it sounds so much bigger than that. So So it's big kind of fun because I've got, you know, kids and they're now like middle school and high school. And Mm -hmm. I have the most fun. My wife and I introducing, you know, our music Mm -hmm. to them. And now they're like, you know, and and that kind of graduates to staying and following what his does. So that's been a whole lot of fun. I love it. And then song you're listening a lot to now. Oh my gosh. It's like, when can I listen to stuff away from my kids? Uh, because it's, like, yeah, it's funny because we sit around and everybody's got their smart speaker and they yep. want to play music and who gets to pick it like my son in middle school is on a big Weird Al Yankovic thing right oh, now boy. which is like <laughs> oh, seriously but they're like this is like dude this guy's kind of smart no I'm um, I'm getting into right now just recently I was just looking at what am I listening to I'm listening to a lot of uh, like old school Brazilian like samba type music so I think I like of like Girl that. from Ipanema and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Just really kind of appreciate it. I don't know. So I'm, I'm in this more like listening back to things and exploring mm-hmm. music that maybe I hadn't listened to so much in the past, but sure. using it from that standpoint. So oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'd be remiss if I, is there anything you guys have upcoming, doing, you know, how can people get a hold of Hershey, like that kind of stuff, you know, Hershey promotion and Nicole types. Yeah, that's, you know, hey, you know, um, you know, if you ever want to come out and visit us in Hershey, Pennsylvania, um, come in the summer on a Friday and you can stay for the weekend and go to the park and see everything. It's a great experience. Uh, That happens quite a bit. Um, I'm going to be actually speaking at the ANA Media Conference coming up. I'll be there. uh, There There we go. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, talk a little bit about this. I'm going to be talking about the trends. 
uh, that I think every marketer should watch. Not so much from like a digital evangelist kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it's a from a practical standpoint. You know, yeah. if you're in media and you're not watching this stuff, uh, you could be missing something. And how to think about it and approach it in a way not so that you're following the shiny penny or following what everybody else does, but mm-hmm. how do you think about it in a way and apply it to your business? So it should be that. fun. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie, uh, that's a wrap. Awesome. Thank right. you so much. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast. If you have ideas for topics or guests for future episodes, shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ANA.net. We release a new episode every other week, so make sure to check back and subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast Network. Join us next time as we talk about corporate venture capital with Jessica Peltz from MDC Ventures. And in the meantime, continue your innovation journey at marketingfutures.ana.net.